I'm going to um, start. We're starting a series today, uh, and I'm I'm going to call it um, "Boohoo Ha Ha Ha." And you're like, "What? Boohoo Ha Ha Ha?" I used to play this game, and I know last week I made some confessions, and you're sort of going, "Oh, gee, Grant's a bit of a sinner." Well, today there's more confessions, <laughs> but. Uh, I played this, we, we used to play this game with my sister. We called it Boohoo Ha 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 because, um, well, let me go back. We, we, ha- we, have a golden, we had a golden cocker spaniel in our childhood, beautiful little dog. We called it Goldie, obviously, because it was golden. Didn't want to call it Blackie. And so Goldie's there, <laughs> and we ha- have to travel. Goldie's only a few years old, and um, so we have to give Goldie away. Uh, so we give Goldie to our cousins. And then we are travelling. And every now and then, me and my brother would go, let's play Boohoo Ha 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 with our little sister. This is a terrible game. It's really, I'm ashamed. But basically we would go, hey, Cheryl, Goldie's dead. The dog died. We got a phone call from Uncle Shale and Auntie Joy and and Goldie's gone. And she was like, no. Go, yep, dead, sorry. And she'd begin to cry. And, and then we would go, oh, we're only joking. And we'd manage to, to get her laughing. Uh, it's, I know, it's terrible. Susan is absolutely mortified. We were young, Susan. I was a young, I was a kid. I was <laughs> Yeah, it was only la- it was last week. It was a long time ago, and she would so she would go from crying to laughing within just a couple of minutes. And sometimes we could get her back to crying again. It was this this incredible. Um, she, for some reason, she just would t- she would take uh, she, you know no it's okay she's alive. No, we're just kidding. Really, is dead. Terrible. And we could do that. I think we must have played that game on a fairly regular basis, maybe every couple of months. And it would be this sort of, we called it boo-hoo, ha-ha-ha. And, uh, and we'd, we couldn't work out whether she was just super clever and playing a trick on us or whether actually it was... <laughs> but what, what I'm, looking, I'm looking at Philippians and I'm going, there's this incredible, um, all through Philippians, there's this incredible emphasis on joy. It's like the book of joy. And, and Paul's writing, and it's all about joy. It's all about happiness. And he's in prison, and there's, there's all this stuff going on, and he's talking about the joy and the happiness, and I'm like, wow, this is, this is amazing. It's like he should be crying. It's like it should be boo-hoo. But he's got the ha-ha-ha. And it's not just happy, it's joy. It's a joy. And, um, and so the whole book sort of gives us insights into how to live in a space of joy. And so we're going to go through the book, and I, at this stage, I haven't even worked, it's going to, we're just going to go, because it leads into Christmas time as well, and this is, Christmas is joy, the focus is Christ, and that's really the emphasis uh, of Paul's story, that somehow Paul was able to uh, assess everything through a lens that gave him joy 
And so uh, most of you will have experienced some kind of up and down in your life. There's up and downs that come depending on what we believe in. My sister believed us when we said the dog is dead. Roller coaster, down. Then we tell her it's alive, which is actually the truth, up. And, and for me, I know that the worst days of my life never happened. That You know, I used to be afraid of flying. I think I've talked about that. And so the worst days of my life were the days before the flight where I was pet- petrified of getting on the plane. It was, it was something about what I believed or thought in relation to flying that was causing me to have this anxiety. It terrified me. On the plane, I was actually okay. It wasn't as bad. In fact, it's never been bad. It's been a little bit of turbulence, but it's never been as bad as what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and so all of, the, all of that anxiety, which was two, two weeks before and having nightmares of all sorts of things going on, was wasted. And so what we discover is the way that you assess things that will form the character of your emotion. The way you see things will form the, the nature of your emotions. Does that, is that... Your emotions are being formed by your belief. Like it's really... Everything you feel is being formed by the way you're uh, interpreting the stuff of life. Some of it's a lie, some of it's interpretation, but we're all looking through lenses. And the lens we look through is determining what we see. And it may just be a lie. It may not be the truth. And yet we're sliding down on the basis of it. Our emotions are being formed on the basis of it. We live in the state that is determined by a lie. And I can tell you, uh, there, are, there are a lot of people, generally, but also Christians, and this, this will work for Christians and non-Christians. This is not, if you're here and you're not a believer, this is the same for you as it is for a Christian. But there are a lot of Christians who your, your faith, and I say my, your faith, our faith, is dry. We're not, we're not even, we're, we're so used to it that we don't even know it. We're just in this state, or, you know, we come to church, we go to work, we get up, we go to church, we go to work, we get up, we, and there's this dryness in our faith. And I can tell you with certainty that it is a product of what you believe. It's a product of what you believe about God, or about what Christ has done, or about who Christ is, or about who you are in Christ. If your faith is crusty, it's because something you believe is wrong. Or you've stopped believing, you've stopped thinking about it, you don't even look through the lens anymore. If there's no joy, it's because something you believe about God is wrong. You're believing something wrong. If you've lost your peace, it's because you're believing something wrong. If you have anxiety, it's because you're believing something wrong. Oh, that that sounds kind of arrogant. Talk to Paul about it. (laughs) Somehow... In some extraordinary way, 
Paul is able to see things differently and it changes the character of his emotional state. It changes the nature of his faith. It changes everything. And we're going to look at that. Let me read. It seems appropriate, actually, as well, just in the light of what's happened at, in, in Thailand. So I, I don't mean to be insensitive, but this is going on before that. Chapter 1, verse 18. It does not matter. I'm happy about it. He's talking about being in prison and uh, there's trouble in prison. I'm happy about it. So long as Christ is preached in every way possible whether from wrong or right motive. And I'll continue to be happy because I know that by means of your prayers and the help which comes from the Spirit of Jesus Christ, I shall be set free. My deep desire and hope is that I shall never fail in my duty, but that all times, and especially just now, I shall be full of courage so that with my whole being I shall bring honour to Christ whether I live or die. For what is life? To me. It's Christ. Death then will bring more. But if by continuing to live, I can do more worthwhile work, then I'm not sure which I should choose. <laughs> I'm pulled in two directions. I want very much to leave this life and be with Christ, which is a far better thing. But for your sake, it's much more important that I remain alive. I'm sure of this, and so I know that I will stay. I will stay on with you all to add to your progress and joy to your faith so that when I am with you again, you will have even more reason to be proud of me in your life in union with Christ Jesus. How is it possible to experience joy and to talk about joy when the subject is death? Well, when you believe that there's a hope in fact, when you believe so strongly that there's a life that is better, that has been grasped by Christ for us, that has been intended for us, then something about what Paul's believing is making him go, hey, I'm kinda, I'd kind of be cool to go today because that, that would be better. It's, there's a better place for me. Uh, but at the same time, I've got some stuff to do here. So what's he doing? He's looking at death through the lens of Christ. He's looking at life through the lens of Christ. And this is what the book of Philippians is all about, looking at life through the lens of Christ. And, and Paul's whole emphasis is Christ. His whole mission is Christ. It's all about the gospel. It's all about Christ. Now, this has been uh, extraordinary for me as I'm reading it. Because I've, I've got things that I'm sort of trying to work out and make happen and do. And um, 
see, and I want to see God do stuff, and I want to see this, and there's all this ambition to see God move in amazing ways. And as a result, sometimes, I mean, I've learned a little bit to see the bigger picture, but uh, confession time again, you know, last week there was a pretty small crew of people here, and uh, I haven't had, Mon- I'm going to call it Monday blues. I used to get Monday blues all the time because I would sort of look at what happened on Sunday when we started ministry, you know, as like what happened on Sunday and Monday you'd feel good because someone got saved or, you know, there were a good attendance or it seemed like a good space on Sunday. And so Monday was cool. But if it wasn't good, Monday was blue. Can you understand that? It's like, basically I'm living day to day on the basis of what I see around me. But, but Christ is building his church. And if I, if I go, oh, I'm going to lift my vision. Jesus has a vision for this church that is bigger than today. He's building it. He has a purpose for it. And, and for me, then all of a sudden something changes in me. There's joy for what God has purposed for us. Which may not, we may not be experiencing now, but the hope and the joy comes from what we believe. And this, for you, there's other things. It might be part of it, might be church. You want to see something great happen here? I'm sure we all do. It might be in your workspace. It might be in your family life. We're not at the end yet. We're on a journey. And whatever is happening, if we can attune, what is Christ saying in this? What is Christ, what's God teaching me in this? What do I take away from this? What's the Spirit saying? So, Sundays, for the next few weeks, we're going to look at some of the keys, how Paul continually walked in joy. And for me, uh, it's exciting stuff to study, so I encourage you to get into it, stop the roller coaster, boo-hoo, ha-ha-ha, <laughs> or if things are crusty, uh, we need to get a different perspective. If you've got a lot of anxiety, get a different perspective. If you've got no joy, you need a different perspective. Or you need to change your thinking. Change the lens. Whatever. So we're going to look at some of that. So I encourage you to uh, come along, be a part of that. Invite people who you sort of think might benefit from that as well. And um, we're also... Uh, going to do that now. There's an incredible thing about communion. It brings our focus back, you know. And as often as you do this, you declare Jesus <laughs> and his lordship. It's like, hang on, as often as we do that, maybe we should do it more, right? Uh, maybe we should do it at home and in home group. Uh, because if it's, if it's true that as often as we remember the Lord and what he's done for us, Something is being declared. Oof.